Well, amen. I want to invite you to take your Bible this morning and find Luke's gospel, chapter number two. Luke, chapter number two. And if you're a guest today, uh, we just want to say again, happy day after Christmas to you. And let me introduce myself. My name is Alan, and I'm one of the pastors here at Downtown Church. And uh, if you've been here for the last several weeks through this Advent study, your Bible may just naturally open up to Luke, chapter two, as we have been examining together through this Advent season, that magnificent announcement that that angel made to those lowly shepherds that first Christmas night. And I want us to kind of continue. In fact, really this being the last of our our Sundays in this year, I want us to conclude our study uh, this morning in that particular passage. But as you're finding Luke chapter 2, I want to tell you about Michael Clark. Michael uh, was being adopted. And uh, he was so very excited when the date was set for him uh, and his adoptive parents to appear before the judge. And he was so very excited about that, that he invited everybody he knew to attend, including his kindergarten class. Well, uh, it was videoed and even the news took it on and it kind of went viral. And I want you to take a look at the the video. Oh, Oh, heck no. No, this process has been amazing. Uh, we've been working with Catholic Charities and the workers there have just been amazing. They, I love my daddy. They, wow. I <laughs> love my daddy so much. This is just too much. This is just too much. Uh, Michael was just so excited about being adopted that he invited everybody he knew to attend, including his kindergarten class. And there's just something about good news. We like to be included in good news. And not only did he want everyone included in that good news, but we know that when we have good news, that we want everyone to hear it, we want everyone to participate, everyone to be a part of it. And that's exactly what happened 2,000 years ago that night when that angel appeared and gave that big announcement. In fact, I want you and I to look at it together. Luke chapter 2 And in honor of the reading of God's Word, let's stand together. If you don't have your Bible with you, we'll uh, have the passage on the screen. But the Bible says, beginning in verse number 8, And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. May God bless the reading of his word. You may be seated. And as we've asked you to do for the last several weeks, just kind of underline some key words or key phrases in that passage. And if you would, this morning, as we're kind of wrapping up this study, if you would underline that phrase, all the people, all the people. 
And uh, we just need to understand this morning that this message that came that literally changed the course of history was not just for the elite, not just for the religious, for the scholars, for the wealthy, but this good news of great joy was for all the people. And I think there's a tendency for us maybe to exclude ourselves when there is good news, in particular maybe of of this good news. So there's really, this morning, there's just a couple of things I want us to think about. And the first is this, as we think about this good news of great joy that's for all the people, the first thing that I want you to think about, and maybe even write in the margin of your Bible, is that there are no exclusions. There are no exclusions. I mean, when it says there, and the angel said, and you underline, for all the people, I mean, it's for all the people. It's for everyone. In fact, as I begin thinking about it, just as we did Christmas Eve, we kind of look very closely at that word behold and how we see that through the birth and the life and the ministry of Jesus. Uh, I want us to think about that phrase, all the people. And as I begin to study that phrase in the Greek and what does it literally mean, it reminds me so much of that word whoever or whosoever that we read about in John 3.16. Let's just be reminded of that. John 3.16, love how the King James, we probably all memorized it growing up in the King James Version. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that, there's the word, whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now what you may want to do is what I did. In the margin of my Bible, there in Luke chapter 2, I underlined that little phrase, for all the people. And I underlined that, and I drew a little arrow, and I wrote next to it in the margin, I wrote the word whosoever. Because I think the idea here that this good news of great joy is for, for all the people, it means it's for the whosoever's. For the whosoever's. And I love even that word all in throughout the scripture. You may want to write this down. John chapter 11 and verse number 26. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. John chapter 12 verse number 46. I am come. To uh, in, I, I, I am come a light into the world that whosoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness. Acts chapter 2 and verse 21, and it shall come to pass that, here's the word, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be what? Saved. Acts chapter 10, verse number 43, to him give all the prophets witness that through his name whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. And of course, very familiar, Romans chapter 10, verse 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So when you think about that angel making that great announcement that first Christmas, I bring you good news of great joy that is for all the people. It's the whosoever's. I mean, over and over again in the scriptures, we are reminded that whosoever can be saved and that salvation is offered to whosoever will come. Now, who does the Bible speak of when it talks about the whosoever's, when it talks about all the people's? 
Well, I would say to you this morning that it speaks of all classes of people. It speaks of all classes of people. The Bible says this in Proverbs chapter 22 and verse number 2, the rich and the poor meet together. The Lord is the maker of them all. And so salvation is not a respecter of persons when it comes to God's offer of forgiveness and new life and salvation. It is both the rich and the poor. Uh, The ground is level at the cross. Whoever includes the cultured, the illiterate, the millionaire, the pauper, I mean whosoever, when the angel said, I bring you good news of great joy for all the people, that means all classes of people. It also speaks of all colors of people, all colors of people. Maybe one of the greatest songs ever written is this children's song, Jesus Loves the Little Children. All the little children of the world, red and yellow, black and white, they are all precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. All the people, whosoever. It means people of every race, every country, every, every color. I mean, whosoever means the white man, the black man, the brown man, the red man, the yellow man, the mixed man. God's offer is both to the Jew and the Gentile. I mean, when it says there, whosoever and all the people, it includes the Norwegians, the Swedes, the Belgians, the French, the Japanese, the Chinese, the Spaniards, the Italians, the Greeks, the Germans, the Russians, the Indians, the Egyptians, the Canadians, the Africans, the Mexicans. I mean, anyone that you can name, this offer includes every class and every person. Amen? I mean, this is good news of great joy for all the people. We are just talking to these two young ladies back there in the back. We have some missionaries going to be leaving tomorrow for Guatemala. And uh, they're going to be ministering and sharing the gospel. I mean, why do we go to places like Guatemala? Because this good news of the gospel is for everyone. And toward the end of our time of worship, we'll have a special prayer time. I love the fact that we have young people, we have people from downtown church that are leaving Mobile, going to other places. Listen, young people using their Christmas vacation to go share the good news of the gospel. Why? It's because this good news of great joy is for what? All the people. It speaks of, of, of all classes and all colors, but also, I think, all conditions, all conditions of people. I mean, when it says here in Luke 2, all the people, I mean the whosoevers, it not only includes the the good man, but also the bad man. It includes the lowest, the meanest, as well as the, the grandest and the purest. It doesn't matter how wicked you've lived or what sins you've committed. I mean, all the people, whosoever, includes you, it includes me. Listen, you may be guilty of breaking all ten of the commandments, But God's offer of salvation includes all conditions of people, whosoever, all classes, all colors, all conditions. It includes everyone and anyone. Isaiah says this, Isaiah 55 and verse 1, Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, and he who has no money, come. Buy and eat, come, buy wine and milk without money, without price. Anyone, everyone is invited. This good news, 
The reason we started just a few years ago, Downtown Church, is because there are thousands and thousands of people who live in the downtown, midtown area who do not know the Lord Jesus Christ. And listen, they need to hear the good news of great joy about our Lord. Amen? And there are still people around this world. And so understand, there are no exclusions. There's a second thing that I want us to think about this morning, and that's this. Not only are there are no exclusions, but there are no exceptions. There are no exceptions. Now listen carefully. God's offer here to the whosoever's, all the people, there is one condition, and you need to make note of this. The good news is for everyone, but they must come on God's terms. Let me make that statement again. The good news is for everyone, but they must come on God's terms. Anyone can be saved, but it's important to understand that there is only one way to be saved. Let's just go back to that verse, because in so many ways, that announcement in Luke chapter 2, verses 9 and 10, reminds me so much of John 3, 16. Let's look at it again. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Now, let's just think about that. I mean, let's think about that phrase, whosoever believes. You ought to underline that. Whosoever believes. There are no exceptions in how one obtains salvation. That word believeth or the word believe, it makes clear that it must be God's way. Listen, look up here. This good news is for everybody. It's for the whosoever's, for all the people. But listen, it must be God's way. There's only one way. That word believe denies that there are several ways to be saved. I was reading about two weeks ago, just kind of, just kind of reading, doing some research on this. And uh, the Barna Research Group, not too long ago, surveyed Americans. And uh, they discovered that uh, 34% of Americans say today that they are born again. And in other words, it's not just that they believe in God or they believe in the person of Jesus, but they would say that they have been born again, that they have surrendered and trusted Jesus as their personal Savior and Lord, 34%. Which if you think about our nation, gosh, what well, we just wish it would be so much more. And thus, the planting of churches and the reason we, we do what we do in, in evangelism and love where you live is that we want more and more people to just bow and trust the Lord. Now, here's what's astounding about this percentage. Half of those, 55%, that said that, yes, they believed in Jesus, trusted Jesus, more than half of them said this, that they would go to heaven not because of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, but they said they would go to heaven because they've been a good person. Their faith plus they've been a good person and have kept the, tried to keep the Ten Commandments. Now think about that. that that's astounding to me. That's amazing to me. It's, it's, it's disturbing because think about John three sixteen. It does not say that whosoever lives a good life. 
or whosoever keeps the Ten Commandments, or whosoever, you know, means that everyone's going to go to heaven. I mean, if you think about even back to the very beginning in the book of Genesis, that was Cain's mistake. His offering was rejected, and his brother's, Abel's, was received. It was accepted. Cain's was rejected because it represented the work of his hands. It was, it was the, the, the sweat of his face. It was, it was, it, he didn't come God's way. And so listen, the good news of the gospel is for everyone, but there's only one way. You must come God's way. And that's the reason it says there, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever, whosoever, what? Believes. You have to come God's way. Not everyone goes to heaven. There are so many that believe today. In fact, so many believe that if you just strive to be a good person, then when you die, you will go to heaven. But what the Bible teaches again and again and again, that this good news of forgiveness and salvation, it is for everyone, but you must come God's way. And what is God's way? You must believe. Believe. There are not several ways to be saved, but there's one way. And that is to believe in the Son of God. There's another word in that John 3.16 that's, that's key. It's not only the word believe, but it's also that word perish. Again, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, his only begotten Son, that whosoever would believe would not what perish, should not perish. You see, the word perish declares that there is a single way to be saved. The word perish declares a single way to be saved. Think about that. Should not perish. God gave his son that we wouldn't perish. It's very important that you and I know that. Now think about this. Let's just, let's just back up a minute. I know it's very familiar. For God so loved the world, God so loved you, God so loved me, that he sent, he gave, that's why we celebrated Christmas, the gift that God gave in sending his son, Jesus, that God gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes would not perish. Now here's what this means. It means that every one of us are in trouble. It means every one of us is in trouble. God sent his son so that we wouldn't perish. What that means is, literally, we are all perishing. The city of Mobile is perishing. Your neighbor is perishing. Every man, woman, boy, and girl is perishing. You and I are perishing. We are on a road. The Bible says that there is a very narrow road that leads to life, but there is a broad road that most everybody is on and is a road that leads to destruction. It is the perishing road. It is a road named perishing, and we are all on it. And the only, one, only way that you can get off the road, the broad road of perishing, is to get on that narrow road of believing. It's the only way. See, our world has this false understanding of what the gospel is. The world would say this. You have a mean, angry God. Because your God says this. Your God says that if you don't believe in me, if you don't come to church, if you don't worship, 
If you don't serve me, I'm going to strike you and send you to hell forever. You have a mean God. You have a cruel God. That's what the world says. The world says that that's your God. Your God says that if you don't believe in him and you don't trust him and you don't serve him, that you're going to, he's going to send you to hell. That's what the world teaches. In fact, probably most of you have friends or family members or coworkers who say that. But see, that's not the understanding. Listen, that's not, that is not the gospel picture. The gospel picture is not, here you are on your boat, and, some, and, and God comes along, or, or Jesus comes along, and he comes alongside your boat, and he holds up a gun, and he says, if you don't get off your boat and get on my boat, I'm just going to blow you to smithereens. That's what the picture is that the world has. That is not the gospel picture. Listen, look up here. This is the gospel picture. You are on your boat, but your boat is perishing. Your boat is sinking. Your boat is sinking. In fact, your boat is sinking to the such that you are, you are struggling to survive. And along comes the rescue boat. And Jesus is on the rescue boat, and he comes alongside you, and he extends his nail-scarred hand. And he says, I will rescue you. Put your hand in my hand, and I will rescue you, save you from perishing. That's the gospel picture. The gospel picture is not God says, trust me, believer, come my way or die. Or, Listen, you're already dying. He's come to rescue. That's the gospel picture, is that you place your hand in his hand and you are cleansed and forgiven and rescued because we're all on that road, amen? There was a uh, true story, 1829. A man by the name of George Wilson robbed a mail carrier and was sentenced, but was sentenced to be... Uh, to be hanged. And some friends and influential people uh, got a hold of the president, President Andrew Jackson at the time, and petitioned for the president to pardon George Wilson. And President Jackson signed the pardon for George to be released. So they took the pardon to the prison to George Wilson but he refused it. They said, the president has signed this pardon, and you've been released. And he refused the pardon. Now, that's unbelievable to think about that, but that's a true story. That's exactly what happened. Well, you can imagine, they didn't know what to do about that. <laughs> Listen, you can read about it. It's, it's a very interesting story. They didn't know what to do. So ultimately, they had to take it to the Supreme Court. Because the president had issued a pardon, but the pardon wasn't accepted. So it went all the way to the Supreme Court, and here's what the Supreme Court of the United States declared. The pardon only has its value is if it's received. And because George Wilson had not accepted and received the pardon, he, was, he is to be hanged. And he was. See, I think that's a beautiful picture of the gospel. You and I have already been sentenced. We are sinners. We are broken. We miss the mark. We are perishing. And the good news 2,000 years ago 
is that God so loved you that he sent his one and only son to rescue you. To rescue you. Now watch this. There are many today who refuse to take the rescuing hand of the Lord Jesus. They refuse it. We see that often. We, we share the gospel. We go out and there are those who just refuse it. There are those who even shake their fist back at, at him. Maybe, maybe even some of you here this morning, and I know it's the day after Christmas, but the picture of the good news of the gospel is that Jesus comes in his rescue boat and he extends his nail-scarred hand and he says, let me rescue you. Let me save you. Put your hand in my hand and be saved and forgiven. And I just encourage you, there's no better time. I'm so grateful that Christmas Eve, as we shared that good news of the gospel, all three of our campuses, multiple, multiple people responded. And maybe this morning, that's what you need to do, is place by faith your hand in his hand. Would you bow your head with me for just a moment? I just want to pray for us. And it may be that you've heard the invitation before. You've heard it more than once. But you've not placed your faith in him. And we want to invite you to do that today. In fact, I want you to not only respond to that invitation, but let me also say this. Chances are more likely that you've done that in your life. You would count yourself among those who've trusted and believed and you follow in the Lord. But what about your family members, your coworkers, your neighbors? You see, in this new year, we have scheduled and planned and have prayed up some opportunities for you to invite friends and neighbors. Some things for men, for things for families, for couples, for ladies. We plan some events here at Downtown Church over the course of the new year. In fact, we're going to begin next week a new series called Next Steps. Just talking about helping people take the next step in their life to move from ordinary to extraordinary. Would you just, would you begin to pray for those that you know that just lack of evidence, they just don't seem to be followers of Christ, that God would use you in their life, that they may come to him. I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to sing a song. Pastor David's going to be here. He'd love to pray with you, pray for you. Let's pray that downtown church, that's who we are. We're extending our hand, saying to those all around us, you're perishing. You're perishing. But you can be saved. The good news is that you could be saved. Don't be a George Wilson and refuse the gift. Don't refuse. Stand with me as I pray. Heavenly Father, in these next moments, I thank you for these. They got up a little, a little bit early. They'd made the determination to come to church. I pray great blessings on them. And yet, Lord, there may be a George Wilson here.
There may be one who's up to this point refused the gift of salvation to be rescued. I pray this morning, I pray this morning they would, they would come. And God, I believe probably nearly every one of us has someone that we know, someone that we care about that doesn't know you. And Lord, we pray for them. We pray for the conviction of your Holy Spirit. We pray, dear God, that you would give us the opportunities to extend that invitation. That, and Lord, we pray for that downtown church, that downtown church as a whole would be a church that, Lord, we would, we would be hundreds of hands reaching out, saying to this city, saying to this community, you can be saved. You can be rescued. You don't have to perish. Lord, help us to be your church. Help us to serve you. In these next moments, have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship together. The altar is open. Pastor David's available. Let's worship together.